Church, it is such a privilege for us this morning to have Pastor Mike Connell with us. Pastor Mike and Joy have been ministering for Jesus Christ for decades. They've, they've planted and pastored a church for many years, a very successful and apostolic church. Uh, they handed over to their son in the last few years. Mike has been traveling the globe uh, for many, many years, moving particularly in teaching about God out of the Word of God, but particularly into un- helping us understand the realm of the Spirit, the unseen realm, and linking the Bible together with an understanding of the unseen realm, and then moving in the power of God so that people experience, they don't just get head knowledge about the Bible, but they experience the power of God that Jesus came to demonstrate, that the church needs to demonstrate. And Mike is, I would say, I don't know anyone, I really seriously don't, I've been listening to him for years, he's had a tremendous impact on me personally and my understanding both of the spirit realm and how to minister in the power of God. And I don't know anyone who brings the clarity of teaching around the Word of God in this in the area of deliverance and moving in the Holy Spirit and the unseen realm and has the power. Some people teach really good, but they don't really demonstrate. Other people demonstrate really good, but they don't really bring the clarity of the Word of God. He has a very unique gift that's a gift to the body of Christ around the world. So I want us to stand on our feet and give a great welcome to Pastor Mike Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for such a great welcome. Why don't we give Jesus a clap? He just done such an amazing work these last few days. We honor you and thank you, Father, for all you have done, all you're doing, what you're about to do. Lord, we just honor you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Please be seated. What a great worship team. It's just been so great to be with you, man. I've loved it. You guys are fun. You give me such a hard time before. Man, I'll have another meeting tonight. And uh, it's just been so great. Great team. Everyone serves so well. And we looked after and guided, kept on the narrow. (laughs) It's just been great. And uh, just what a wonderful church. Got a lot of churches. Some stand out. This one stands out. Your leaders stand out, particularly because of their embracing the supernatural, embracing great leadership and, and building a, a church that's impacting the community. And uh, that's just so so inspiring, really inspiring. How many believe they're inspiring? Okay, what am I telling? Oh, okay, thank you. She tells me what to do all the time. It's unbelievable. My. <laughs> thank you very much. I've given you a hard time, I know, but thank you. You're so good. Why don't you open your Bible with me in John chapter 17? And... Uh, I want to just ask this question. In fact, the Lord asked me that when, when I was in the service first thing this morning. I hadn't written it down before. And I thought, oh my, that's a bit of a challenge. And here's what the question he wrote. He, he spoke to me. I wrote it down. He said, what would you do differently if you believed God had sent you? If you believe God sent you to that workplace, what would you do differently? If you believe God sent you to this part of the community, what would you do differently? If you believe God had commissioned you to be in that school, what would you do differently? See, as soon as you start to think that way, you realize I've divided my life up to church where that's God's stuff and then the rest of it where God is not there. We've become the sacred, the secular. We've become divided in our thinking. And we've got to stop thinking that way. That's, that's church thinking. That's a church mentality. God wants us to have kingdom mentality. 
because that's always been his plan. So we're just going to talk a little bit about that. I want to just talk about the message I would call is called sent by God. Sent by God. Let's have a look in uh, John chapter 17. As Jesus finishes his, uh, his uh, ministry, he's now his uh, final prayer. He's in prayer before the Father. What he says is really important. It is Jesus praying. And so every part of this prayer teaches us about what prayer looks like. I'll pick up one part of it here. And this is what Jesus said in verse 4. He said, I have glorified you on the earth. That's the place we call to honor God on the earth where we are now and during the week. Okay? I've honored you. I have finished the work you gave me to do. I finished. So, what he's saying is simply this I see my life on the earth as an assignment by God to fulfill. Isn't that an interesting thing? What's an assignment? An assignment means there is a job, a task, something for you to accomplish and someone in authority sent you there and then he's going to resource that assignment he's going to watch over that assignment because he's delegated you an assignment you are operating as someone delegated from above and if you're delegated from above you will report back on your assignment and you will either qualify for greater things or disqualify for the greater things and I, I can't go into all of that because there's a lot of teaching in the Bible around that sort of area but if we don't see our life as an assignment from God we will not act and live as a person sent by God okay just even that's enough to rattle your cage a bit eh? <laughs> Sometimes I get God starts to talk to me. And I don't know what. No, I'm preaching to myself. <laughs> you know, people said to me, you know, a little while ago, I was in the church. They said, "Oh, got a hand in my church over to my son." They said, "Oh, someone came to me." Said, "Oh, I see you've resigned. What does it feel like to be retired?" Retired? I said retired. What are you talking about retired? I'm busier now than I was before. I said, "I haven't retired. I've just been given a new assignment." I finished the other assignment. Now I've got a bigger assignment. It's global. Before it was local, now it's global. I got the bigger assignment. There is no retirement. The, the only place you retire is when they bury you. Retired in peace, it says. R.I.P. Retired in peace. There's no retirement. While you're here, you just have a new assignment. See, if you're living as a sent person, it's all about your assignment and about the one who sent you. And so you always have an assignment. I remember we had one of the ladies in our church who was dying of cancer, eventually succumbed to cancer, and people would go around feeling sorry for her. She had an assignment. While she's dying of cancer, she's worshipping the Lord. Everyone would come in, she witnessed to them. They would go out inspired. She had an assignment. See, so you've got to think that way. And, and if you're an older person in the church, don't think retirement. Listen, I've been in a farming community, and I see what happens when they retire. They go to seed. They just go to seed. Farmers come off the farm. They've got nothing to live for, no mission, no sense of purpose. They're going to just, oh, I'll just sit back and take it easy. Let the young ones do it all. Well, what kind of attitude is that? That is so slack. I mean, that's going to cause you to grow old just being like that. And they do. They just get sick and they die early. And you think, what happened? You gave up on life. You, you just, one assignment finished. What's your next assignment? That's the way you think about life. Okay, so Jesus, Jesus had an assignment. Notice, he, I finished the work. He, he's, he's coming back to the Father saying, 
I, I have received from you the work I should do. One of the things about that is Jesus never let the pressure of people, the demands of people, the demands of life determine what he did day by day. You find, like for example, in Mark 1.35, he's having a revival going on. He rises early, comes alone with the Father, how to manage the pressure, and the Father resets his priorities. And so Jesus lived as a man on assignment. Therefore, if people liked him, it didn't impress him. If they didn't like him, it didn't dismay him. He lived as one on assignment. If you don't live on assignment from God, what are you living? You're trying to struggle through life and you'll be dependent on what's going on around you and your circumstances because there's no driving sense of what I got up today to do. See, So Jesus lived his life, firstly, out of relationship, connected with his father. He said, I know where I've come from, I know where I'm going, and my father has provided everything I need to fulfill my assignment. Jesus, in his assignment, he was commissioned by God, he was given directions daily by God, he had an overall view of where he was going, and he intentionally kept going. He said, when they tried to discourage him, he said, no, I set, he set his face towards Jerusalem steadfastly. In other words, he would not be deterred even when there's hardship. That's how Jesus lived his life, as a man with an assignment, as a man sent by God. It says of John the Baptist, he was a man sent by God. God sends people and he assigns them to do things. The Bible tells us in Matthew 11 verse 11 that he that's least in the kingdom of God, that you, is greater than John the Baptist. If he was sent, you were also sent. You need to see that. When you see it, it changes how you view everything you do. Sent people. What was he sent to do? He said, I have been sent. I finished the work you gave me to do. And notice this. I glorified you on the earth. So in other words, he's saying, the life I lived brought honor to you. I reveal what you are like. I'm not living by rules. Do this, don't do that. Can't do this, can't do that. I said, I lived a life that people saw what you are like. I, I showed generosity. I showed compassion. I showed kindness. I showed love. I showed forgiveness. I showed the power of God. I lived a life that attracted people to you. Now you see Jesus, the model for us. We're called to bring honor to God on the earth. It's a shame that when you hear the word Christian in business, many people get turned off. They say, I'll never do work with that crook again. Because the person is living divided life. Christian life here doesn't see his work as an assignment, doesn't see his business as an assignment. Not thinking that I'm assigned into the workplace by God. See, we've, we've left God out because we're thinking it's all about me. It isn't. It's about your assignment. When you, I've been with people when they're dying. They don't talk about all the things they did. They talk about the things that are important. When you get to the end of your life, the only thing that will really count is what did you do that God assigned you to do? That's what will last for eternity. All else won't count for anything. Okay, so Jesus lived out of an assignment. The Father sent me. Notice what he says. He said, as the Father sent me, now I'm sending you. So Jesus' assignment on earth has finished. That's his personal assignment on earth. But now that assignment is given to people. 
In other words, Jesus now multiplies his assignment through every person that receives him as their savior and comes into relationship with him. Then he said, as I was sent, commissioned, given an assignment to complete, now I send you. You are a sent person. God wants you to understand what it means to be a sent person. So we have a look in Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, and we start to find it in there. Assignment. God has an assignment for you. He has an assignment for you. How do you know he's an assignment for you? It's very clear. And just before we get to Mark 3, let me show you how, how clear it is. In Ephesians 2, verse 10, this is what God said. He, said. he says, you are my workmanship. You are a masterpiece. Now, you might think you're a bit of a shipwreck, and maybe currently you are. But that's not your future. When God looks, he says, well, I haven't finished you yet. Give me a break. You know, I haven't finished working on your life yet. But you are an absolute masterpiece, the Bible says. You are God's prize piece of work, masterpiece that he is working on to build, to shape his son. So his nature, his character, his life can flow through you. You are his workmanship. It says, secondly, you are created or brought forth into this world in Christ for good works that God purposed before you were born. You'd walk in them. Now notice these things. He said, before you were born, God had an assignment for you. Good works means things you do, an assignment. So before you were born, God had an assignment prepared for you. It suits your personality. It suits your identity. It suits whether you're a male. It suits whether you're a female. It doesn't matter which you are because you have an assignment created for you. And it suits you. It's prepared for you. God thought it up in detail. And he made it just for you. Just like he created you, a spirit being, put you in a body. There ain't no one looks like you. You really are unique. And your assignment is unique as well. So you're created for good works God prepared beforehand. You didn't just turn up and he say, man, what am I going to get him to do? Better figure something out. Well, I don't know. Oh, no, I'll just serve on the door or something like that. Now, this is not like how it works. God had an assignment for you. He had something for your life to accomplish. He wants to demonstrate through your life what he is like. So you say, well, I was born into a mess. My family was a mess. I walked out of a disaster. It's still crippling my life. Well, maybe your assignment is to stand in that place and reverse that and be the generation that breaks that cursing, breaks that dysfunction, breaks that bad pattern, become a generation that rebuilds and restores the desolation of generations. You are such a person. So if you look back, you look back at Jephthah, I preached on him, a mess in his background, but he became the leader that restored the nation. So, so wherever you've come from, that's all part of God's placing you into the earth. You're not an accident. You're by design of God into the earth to accomplish something. Where you were born, the nation you were born, the family you were born into, what happened. All those things are part of the unique packaging that if you respond right, will bring forth who you are uniquely. Even, uh, even Joseph said when he, uh, when he saw his brothers, he said, well, you meant it all for evil, what you did to me, but I see 
God sent me ahead. He looked at where he came from. He looked at the betrayal. He looked at the abuse. He looked at the misrepresentation. He looked at the false accusations. It hurt. It really messed me up. I had a lot of stuff to process. I had a lot of stuff to get through. But I see, I see that God sent me. All your stuff you did to me, God was bigger than it and used it as a catalyst to make me a leader that could provide for you. It's all a matter of your perspective. Are you sent from God? Are you sent from God? So we go back into Mark, Mark 3, verse 13, and it says in verse uh, 13, it says, Jesus went up the mountain and he called to him those he wanted. Isn't that interesting? Jesus calls people he wants to come to him. He said, you didn't call him, he called you. <laughs> he called you. He called you. He identified you as being unique and invites you and summons you into relationship and into a calling. And the first part of the calling is to be with him, to have relationship, intimacy, get to know him, become acquainted with how he does life. It's not just about preaching or doing this or doing that. It's actually to have a relationship where we learn how we do life with Jesus, how you treat people. Ooh, we went quiet then. Really went quiet. <laughs> see? So he says he chose them to be with them, but he had a purpose for being with them. The purpose is not so you can just enjoy relationship with Jesus. Oh, I just love Jesus. It's not about that. That is so you can fulfill an assignment. You know, he says he chose them to be with them. Why? Why do you need to be with Jesus? Because he is sending you somewhere. And if you're going to represent him, you need to get to know him. How do you do this? How do you do that? What's your way? What's your approach? Give me the wisdom. See, we need the relationship so I can properly represent him. You imagine an ambassador who's sent from another country. They don't come into Australia and just do their own thing. Well, I think. No, they don't. They, they bring out what their country represents and the policies of their country. So now when you look at this here, it tells us, it says that he might send them to preach the gospel. What gospel? Come to Jesus, give your life to Jesus, go to heaven and do the rest of your life the way you want. No, that's not what he said. He said, come. He said, I want you to proclaim the kingdom, the kingdom of my father. I want to bring you into a relationship with my father, and then you are privileged and honored to represent him in the world and advance his kingdom as one of his sons. The word son means a builder of the family honor or the family name. So when you become a son or a daughter of the living God, you are called to represent our Father and to expand His interests. It doesn't mean you're going to preach. It's actually about representing our Father in whatever call or place He sent you. See? He said, and, and notice the word He uses. He said He called them to be with them that He might send them. Now, the word send is the best they could come up with there, but the original word is a different word, and it's a word that won't translate. So the best they could come up with was send. You know, well, well, send them away. 
Get rid of him. Send him off. Send him off. Get rid of him. Get out of here. You know, it's not that at all. The word send is the word apostello. And they have no word for it that comes into English. And when it's like that, they take the word and they just make it an English word, apostle or apostolic. So we get into church and we hear the word apostle. Ooh, must be an important person. I wonder if there's any around. Or you have a doctrine. There's no more around. Oh, yes, we believe in them. What do they look like? What do they do? You don't quite get it. And you see, and then the word apostle gets apostolic, which is an adjective describing people of a certain kind. God's intention is for you to be an apostolic people. So what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, a lot of things to unpack, but I would just unpack one part. The word uh, apostello in the original language is a language the Romans understood well. The Romans were an empire and they were bent on conquering the known world and advancing the empire of Rome. So when they wanted to advance their territory, when they wanted to expand the territory of Rome, expand the governance of Rome, they would commission someone. And they would commission someone valiant. They would commission someone to represent them. They would commission someone and they would apostello them. What does that mean? It means they were sent and authorized by Rome to go into an enemy territory occupied by an enemy to overcome that enemy, subdue that enemy, vanquish that enemy and then bring the culture and the rule and the kingdom of Rome to existence in other words advance the kingdom so when Jesus said I want to apostello you he's saying this I want you to go to a unique part of the community which I send you and in that place, I want you to advance my kingdom, the kingdom of my father. That means subduing demonic spirits that influence the people in that area and sharing and bringing the life of God into those places. Pray for the sick, cast out the devils, minister to people, or in other words, use the gifts of the spirit to touch people's lives. And you say, oh, well, I don't think that's me. Well, 1 Corinthians twelve seven says, now... The, the manifestation of the Holy Ghost is given to every man. Every man, that means every woman as well. Every believer is called to be a builder. That's God's design. And so we end up in the 21st century with a whole heap of people just turn up on Sunday and think that's it. You have really missed it. God sends you as his representative and a gift to the community to do something unique that no one else can do. And it's related to your passions and your giftings or everything, see? You have an assignment, your assignment. It's absolutely unique to you, and it's what will take over the whole of your thinking about your life. When I was in a school, teaching in a high school, it was my assignment from God. So I prayed. I prayed. You know why you need to pray? You know why you need to pray? People don't know why they need to pray. That's why they don't pray. Because here's why people don't pray. One, they don't know why they pray. The purpose of it. What is the purpose of it is? Second thing is, they find it's a lot of effort. They don't seem to see much results because they haven't learned how to pray. And so therefore get discouraged and then prayer becomes just a little bit of a trickle. Know what I'm talking about? And that means you've got no power to advance your assignment. So why? It's very, very simple. I just started to see this in clarity recently. Very, very easily. God made man to represent him on the earth. God made the earth for man. He made us for dominion. Not to rule over people, 
but to bring the kingdom of heaven into the earth, to bring creativity, to bring the culture of honor, to bring the life of God, to bring healing, to bring whatever was needed. So now, here's the thing. If I assign someone a responsibility, then I must empower them. If I give Pastor John an assignment or a task to do, that means there's a sphere he will occupy to do it in, there's authority must be given to him to speak and act on my behalf, and I must back him up. If I don't back him up, then he's not going to pass. He's not going to succeed. But there's another side to it as well. I can't interfere in his assignment. If I give him a job and then I start to go in there and mess around and do other stuff, it's going to undermine the authority I entrusted to him. If I undermine that authority, you just say, well, what's the use? You don't need me. We just need, well, you do it all. And that's why you get lots of Christians saying, oh, God, it's just you. You do it. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen because he said, I've entrusted you. And so that's why you need to pray. Prayer means I come to Father and in intimacy with him, and yielding to what he's wanting, no sensitivity to him, I call his will into the territory that has been given to me. So Jesus said, this is how you pray. Our Father. Why do we pray? Because we're his children. So first we honor you and bless you, and we surrender to you. And now we pray, oh, Father, may your kingdom come. Let the kingdom come. Let, oh, your will be done. See? So now notice now, it's all about bringing God into the life situations, bring him into your church, bring him into your workplace, bring him into your family, bring him in. Wherever it is, you bring God into it. Now, God's not going to come unless you bring him into it. So we are called the church. We're the house of God, the gate of heaven. Wherever we go, we are the door through which God comes in to change things. And he doesn't come in to change things unless you make him welcome. That's called prayer. Prayer is about prevailing with God to bring his will into the earth. And it means I've got to overcome an enemy that resists. So we need to pray. We need to learn how to pray and how to pray effectively to subdue spiritual resistance and manifest the things of God. See, so we're called. See? So assignment. Now, notice here in uh, Genesis chapter 2, Genesis 2 and verse 8. Genesis 2 and verse 8, you find the assignment given to Adam. Look, at the, look what it tells us here. Lots of keys and all of these things. He said in verse 8, said, The Lord planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. So notice now, there's a whole lot of things out of all of this in Genesis. But the basic principles. First, God created a man for a purpose, but he, pl he prepared a place for that man to function and to represent him. So God has prepared the place. He puts you into a nation. You're born into a nation. You're born into a family. You're born into a community. He even places you in a church, into a family where you can be nurtured and grow spiritually. He places you. you you're, not, you're not here by accident. You're here by the positioning of God. God, he places you. He places you into a family, places you into a community, places you in a workplace, places you in a job, places you in a school. When you see, I was sent here by God, the question is, what is my assignment 
in this place and how do I fulfill it? That's what the question becomes. If you're here by accident, well, I just got this job for the meantime. Who told you it's for the meantime? Maybe it's for the long time. Maybe you need to see, this is my assignment now. What do I need to do now? See, so there's an assignment. So God always has a place. So there's a whole number of things about it. An assignment, God's assignment includes a place, a territory, physical location where you operate, your neighborhood, your home where you live, your community, your workplace. Secondly, it's people to influence. You have people that you can influence I'll never meet. God's assignment is to bring an influence in that place to those people. Firstly, by the life you're living, that's the primary witness because people watch what you do and how you treat people. That reveals more about you than all your preaching. Huh? And uh, thirdly, your assignment is unique to you. It's quite unique to you. So you can't compare with anyone. you just got to find what God called you to do. Just get busy doing it. Don't worry what anyone else is doing. When John said to Jesus, when Peter said to Jesus, what about that man? What's he going to do? Jesus said, mind your business. It's none of your business. You do what I've called you to do. You follow me. You follow me. Don't worry what anyone else is doing. You fulfill your assignment because you're going to one day meet our Father and you're going to ask, how did you get on? Oh, well, I got hurt. I got really hurt, you know. People weren't nice. They were mean to me. And there were demons. I never knew. I never, you never told me there were going to be demons. He said, yes, I did. I wrote it down there. This is what you've got to cast out. I told you to cast them out, not just yield to them and get depressed by them. No, no, no. You've got authority over them. See? So your assignment's very unique to you. <laughs> See? And, and <laughs> it's prepared. I said, God prepared a place for them. You think, well, it didn't look like my family was prepared. It looks like a mess. No, no, it's prepared for you to come forth. It's your choice to come forth and be crushed. And the fight to come forth is what births in you who you are in Christ. Isn't it great, isn't it, eh? It changes your whole thinking about it. You're sent. You were sent into the family. So what's your role? What do you got to do? Uh, another thing is that, uh, that, that, that the assignment of the place you're sent or the territory you're sent, it's not for you to live for yourself. You're there to live for someone else. You're there to actually live for the glory of God. That's why Jesus said, if you want to follow me, then he said, you must take up your cross to myself. Now, we just want to have a bit of God and lots of self. It doesn't work. You want God to invade your assignment. There's a surrender takes place. It's a life process. That's all about our assignment, you see. Uh, your assignment or your territory, where God has sent you, the place he prepared, it doesn't mean, that's not your identity. Your ide My identity is not a pastor. Who are you? I'm a child of God. What do you do? Oh, well, at the moment, I'm doing this. Before I was doing that, then I was doing that, then I was doing that. And when that finished, I said, it's over. I'm finished. What's my next assignment? And God spoke to me each time about the assignment, what to do and when it's finished. And when he said it's finished, it's finished. Now, if God has not said your assignment's finished, stop complaining and get busy. God puts you somewhere to accomplish something. It's your job to function in your assignment in that place. I'll explain a couple of things that you're called to do. But don't, don't quit. Don't quit. You see, the devil wants you out of the place God assigned you. He will do everything to remove you out of your assignment. Because in your assignment, you represent a danger to him. You represent a danger to him. I remember I was just in Bali and I was, I was driving along. I said, what are those guys doing? And they said, oh, well, they're, they're, they were sorcerers from Borneo. I said, really? Sorcerers from Borneo? What are they doing? He said, oh, well, they've got snakes over there. They're about to do some things of sorcery. I said, oh, stop the car. I want to have a look. 
I thought, I won't go too close. There's snakes. I'll just stand a long distance away and watch. And while I'm watching, I just start to pray. I didn't even, wasn't even thinking. I just praying in the tongues. Well, sorcery, I might as well be praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. And I saw them milling around and people gathering. And then finally, someone came over to us. And I thought, that's interesting. What's going to happen? I have that. And I usually think, oh, something's going to happen now. Anyway, a guy walks over. He walks up to my interpreter. He didn't talk to me. He said to the guys with me, could you tell that man to stop what he's doing? He turned to me, he said, they want you to stop. I said, stop what? He said, stop what you're doing. I said, oh, I'm praying. He said, yeah. I said, why do they want me to stop? I said, we can't do what we're doing because you're here. Just because you're here. And that is amazing. They, they recognized it. Yeah, now, maybe people don't recognize who you are. The spirit world knows who you are. And you're a threat to them. So you've got to fulfill your assignment. So your assignment's not in your identity, okay? Your assignment. Well, I'm all over this. See if I can get a bit more focused. Let's just have a look a little further down now and uh, go down to verse uh, 15, where God tells us what the assignment is. God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. To tend it and keep it. So God put you somewhere with an assignment. Now, in, notice what it says. It says two things we've got to do. Number one, tend, which means to cultivate, to serve, to till the ground, to make it produce something. In other words, God, God's desire is you add value wherever you are. First place to add value is to your own life. Invest in your life. Begin to build your life. Cultivate your own life. Cultivate your relationship with God. Cultivate your gifts. Cultivate what God has given you. Don't compare with someone else. Cultivate what you've got. See? Cultivate your ground. Your own body is a ground. Your mind is a ground. Your emotions are a ground. Cultivate your spirit is a ground. Whatever you, is in you is part of the territory you have to cultivate. You are responsible to cultivate your life and to stay emotionally, spiritually, and mentally healthy. The first place to cultivate. Then God puts you somewhere to cultivate there as well, to add value. So if you're in a workplace, God wants you to add value in the workplace. And God puts you in a church. That means you serve in the church because he planted you there. You don't leave because someone upset you. you. See, the upsetting you is part of cultivating you, teaching you about having a bigger spirit, how to be a forgiving person, how to be a long-suffering person, how to be a God-like person. So God puts a few people around to really get up your nose and really upset you. They rub you up. Sister Sandpaper, she said things that got you just so angry. And they were all part of God's design to make you into the person that will represent Him. How do you become a forgiving person? I think I'll just pray about it. Oh, please make me a forgiving person. No, no, he just sends you a few people to offend you. <laughs> and, and, and they'll probably be the pastor. He walked by and didn't say hello or something. What does that mean? He doesn't like me. Now you're offended. See? Or the more common one in church is this. This is the most common one. Is when someone in love wants to help you grow and point out an area you need to grow. That's when you get offended and leave your assignment. I tell you, so many people I've seen leave church because they just got offended because you tried to help them by pointing out something to grow in. And no matter how nice you say it, no matter how kind you are, no matter how loving you are, they just get the snitch with you. 
And then away they go. The worst thing is they talk to other people, badmouth you and take someone else out as well. And now they break your heart as well. So they leave you really thinking, man, this is a tough assignment. This is a hard ground here. Leading a church is hard stuff. It is harder than anything else. It really is, because this is what goes on. I know, I've been pastor, I know what goes on. I know exactly what goes on. And there's all these, now I've watched the people. See, a small town, you can see what happens to people. Big city, they go and you don't think anything more. Small town, you know where they are. And I watch them. And they don't prosper. They don't prosper because they were planted somewhere by God. If God planted you, you don't leave because someone upset you. You don't leave because it's going through a hard time. You don't leave because you disagree with something. Listen, it's not your assignment to lead. Your assignment is to serve in the role God gave you. See, when you do that and you stop having an opinion about other people's business, that's a, the Bible says, study or be diligent. Oh, what does it say be diligent to do? Mind your own business. Because your business is your assignment. Someone else's assignment is not your business. So if you're not over them and responsible for them, it's not your business to tell them how to do it. Mind your business. You could tell a few people that. Mind your own business. In other words, cultivate the assignment God gave you instead of figuring out what someone else should be doing with theirs. Mind your business. Don't get offended. Stay where God placed you because that place is where he grows you, prepares you, so you can increase your fruitfulness and productivity in your assignment. So the first thing he says is cultivate the ground. Second thing he said was guard it. Guard it means there's an enemy. There's an enemy is in your assignment. It's assigned personally against you. See, people in the West don't live aware of a spirit world. That doesn't mean you don't get beaten up. We just keep coming up with the same old problems. Oh, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Now listen, if you keep coming up being prayed for for the same reason, you're not dealing with the issues. You're not taking responsibility. You're not discovering why you've got the problem and guarding and governing your garden. You're called to govern your garden. So God gives you authority. This is what he said in Luke 10, 17. I give you authority over serpents, scorpions, all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall hurt you. So if you're being hurt by it, stand up and push it back. Fight it. Adam, you know why Adam got defeated? The Bible says, like a lot of Aussie men and Kiwi guys, he was silent and passive when he should have been standing up and speaking up. He never asserted his authority and shut down the serpent talking to his wife. I'm not talking about bossing his wife. I'm talking about bossing the serpent. Love your wife. Boss the serpent. Oh, I see. You see, that one there is like already. You're not called to boss people around. You're called to serve people, love people. But you are called to have dominion over demonic things that come against you to destroy you. And they're there. They're always there. They're always there. They're in your assignment. And you think, well, why has God left demons there? Why? Why is he so unkind and mean? No, no. He wants you to mature. You need to have something to wrestle against or you never get strong. It's like someone saying, oh, pastor, I, I, I really want to get strong in my body. Could you pray for me? You think, what? Go to the gym. Do some exercise. Work out, you know. Eat right. You understand, but people come up and they want someone to make them strong. Listen, you get strong by fighting. 
you get strong by developing internal strength. Pray in the Holy Ghost, something like that. You need to assert authority. And, and uh, I'll just finish with a story and then we'll challenge you to just step up into your assignment. But uh, I tell you what, you know, we need to stand up in our assignments. We need to stand up. I had, had one guy, and uh, it was my son-in-law, I'll tell you, and he spoke to me and he said, um, he said, he, twice this came up. He was having trouble at work. He said, I don't like work. I want to quit. I said, why do you want to quit? He said, well, I've got a problem with the boss and all that kind of stuff. I said, listen, that's a character issue. You need to stay because God pointed you there and grow up. And so we talked to him about growing up and he stayed and he grew up and he got promoted, got shifted to something else. And then he was there in that for a little while and he said, actually, I'm not feeling very happy again. I said, why this time? He said, well, they want me to get people into debt and I really feel in my conscience I can't do that. I said, now that's a different deal. Now this is a conscience issue. You need to believe God will get you a different job. So you start to pray for God's provision to birth, and you make a decision this is going to end. It's time to end because your conscience won't let you stay in what you're doing. So he got another job, and then he came back after a while. And he said, oh, man, I'm hating this job. I need to get out of here. I said, why is that? He said, oh, there's a guy. Our, our line, our production line is the worst in the business. It is just shocking, and there's a bad thing. It's just a bad environment, bad attitude. I really don't like it. And I said, well, what are you going to do about it? I said, what do you mean, what am I going to do about it? I'm not the boss. I can't do anything about it. I said, oh, you're not thinking right. This is your assignment. Who are you? He said, he's only thinking in terms of being an employee. No, 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 no. You're a child of God. You're an ambassador of heaven. You were sent by God in there. Pray. So I said, how do I pray? So I showed him how to pray. I said, here's what you do. You stand in your office as a child of God and you speak and you take authority over the spirits which are distressing, which are operating around that man's life, causing havoc. You bind them and command them to depart from the work and decree blessing over it. Said, oh, a car can do that. He did it. Here's what happened. The guy got sacked and he got promoted. Now, he wasn't praying for him to get sacked. But he did pray that what was going on would be exposed because no one seemed to be realizing what the cause of the problem was. And it all came out to the open. The guy was removed and he was promoted. You understand, we, we can bring pressure in the spirit by engaging our father on our behalf. That's how it was always intended to be. But you've got to step up and pray and take ownership of what's there. Another guy, he came to me, he said, oh, I'm going to leave my work. I said, why is that? He said, oh, just a horrible atmosphere and everything's shocking in there, they're cursing and swearing and stuff. I said, really? I said, any other Christians there? He said, no, I'm the only one. I said, you mean the only one is now being withdrawn by God? I said, it seems, I find that hard to believe. I said, have you been praying? No. I said, have oh, you just been complaining? Yeah. I said, okay, well, why don't we teach you how to pray? So I just said, here's how you pray. So I told him how to stand up in the spirit, begin to stand as a child of God, as a representative of heaven and the earth, speaking and commanding, a, dis a, a, a binding the spirits operating, releasing blessing, releasing prosperity, releasing peace. And uh, they come back a week later. I said, how's it going? He said, oh, that's amazing. He said, it's amazing. The whole atmosphere has changed. Everything has shifted. We've had the best week we've had in a long time. I said, see, God wanted you to step up in your assignment. You're not there just to earn money. You're there to bring kingdom influence there. It's never just about the money. If it's just about the money, you've lost purpose. You've lost your assignment. You're out of, you're really being deceived by what the environment is telling you. You need to be keep on task. God has assigned me here. So what would you differently, what would you do differently if you knew God had assigned you, had sent you? 
He'd sent you into that kid's ministry. Not as the leader, just as a servant. Sent you into the door ministry. Sent you into some part of the church to minister. What if God had sent you into the community somewhere? What if God had sent you into the workplace? What would you do differently? What would you start to take responsibility for? Would you take responsibility for the spiritual atmosphere? You might be the only pastor in, the ch in that business. But you need it in your heart that I care about people. I want to bring my Father's heart. I'm interested in people. I care about people. And you want to bring God's heart to people. You know, most of that means you just need to listen and be kind to them. And, when you, and, and pray for them. And when you find the opportunity, start to move in to support them, help them, pray for them, bless them in some way. God provides the opportunity. Pray for them by name. Take authority over the spirits that blind their minds. Stop them seeing sense, doing stupid stuff. And pray that God will set them free. Speak blessing into that place. You don't know what you could do. You are sent by God. You are sent by God. You are not an accident. That's a lie of the devil. You, are, you have been sent by God, commissioned by the Holy Ghost to go into the school. Go and pray. If you're in school, find one other person. Pray. I went into my school. I was teaching in a school. Didn't find anyone else to pray with. So I prayed. I would go through the school. So the teacher, I got the door. I go through at nighttime when it was dark. And I feel all the creepy stuff. I leave the lights off. So it's creepy stuff here. I'm going to feel it. I felt it all right. I started, oh, shaka ba 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 ba. Started to pray. And then God said, this is your territory, your classroom. You take dominion in your classroom, dominion over all spirits entering into that room. You speak peace into it. And you pray for my creativity in the way you do things. And you ask for a, a, an ability to love young people. I said, oh, wow. Okay. So three things. Number one, took dominion over spirits. Dominion over spirits, subduing them and releasing the kingdom, blessing, peace, and better education. Number two, prayed for creativity, how to do my job better and be creative. And number three, an ability to love the young people. And you know what happened? The atmosphere started to saturate with the presence of God. People coming in felt the presence of God. People who are demonized would manifest when they come near my room. Uh, the, the, the room started to, my classes started to grow. Now I'm teaching physics, upper school physics. Didn't have many people in the class, of course. By the time I finished, there was such a flow of life that I, almost the whole upper school doing physics because they all passed. They all passed. I mean, I know that's hard to believe, but they were all passing. The only ones that didn't pass were ones that went in unqualified to be in the class. It was an administrative decision. They didn't have the maths, and so they were behind from the beginning, and it was too difficult. There's only one or two of those. But I began to prosper where God had planted me. And when I prospered where God had planted me, he said, I've got something bigger for you now different for you it wasn't bigger physically actually I shrank I went right down to a chunk to a Christian school 25 kids but I did the same things there and then it grew and then God said I want to make you pastor and then that grew he said I want to plant you somewhere else and then that grew and then when that time came, he said he woke me up one morning he said your leadership here is finished plan now for the change see and I said what now and he reinforced my original calling he said, I have work for you to do. It's a bigger assignment. See, this is how you journey with God. You don't worry about promoting yourself. You don't worry about provision. God will provide and endorse what he's got his hand on. Will you let him put his hand on you? Would you see yourself as a sin person? Come on, why don't we stand to our feet right now? Just stand to our feet.
Let's begin to pray in the Spirit right now. Lift your hands to the Lord right now. Let's pray in the Spirit. Pray in tongues. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Begin to let your prayer language come up. You are sent by God. Sent into this area, Kiwana Waters. Sent into this church. Sent into this region. Sent into this nation. Oh my. Sent. Sent by God. Sent by God. Sent by God to flourish, to prosper, to advance the kingdom, to grow, to bring blessing. Listen, just be quiet for a moment. Just lift your hands, close your eyes. If you have complained about your assignment, grumble, complain, resisted those over you, wherever that might be, it could be the home, it could be the workplace, it could be wherever you are in the community, but there's been reaction inside. You've withdrawn and you haven't embraced what God gave you. Could be it's just within your family. It doesn't really matter what the assignment is. If it came from God, you were sent there to make a difference. Maybe the world doesn't know, but God does. And you're qualifying for the next assignment. If you have drawn back, repent of it right now. We must embrace the assignment God gave us to cultivate our area of influence, the relationships, the spiritual health, the emotional health, the relational health, to make everything productive. We're called to guard, to defend against the enemy coming in, you exert our authority and speak and decree blessing, and then just to influence what's there. If you've drawn back from that, why don't you in a moment just say, God, I repent of that. I embrace the assignment you've given me. I embrace assignment you've given me today I declare I am sent by God into this place in Jesus name I reach out for a new anointing a new mantling a new boldness a new confidence a new authority a new vision a new ability in Jesus name lift our voice right now let's do it Thank you, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I release a fresh anointing over this church. I release a fresh anointing over the leadership, over the members, over the marriages, over the families. I release enlargement, 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 creativity, an increase of influence, increasing authority, increase in Jesus' name. I release it into each person here, into young people. Revival in the school because they rose up and prayed into the the community, the workplaces, into families. We decree an expansion of this church's ministry. Thy kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done through our lives in this community and beyond into nations in Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord a clap, shall we? Hey, let's thank Pastor Mike one more time.